0: mildly entertaining somewhat obscure guests relatively interesting topics semi-professional production quality reasonably well-informed commentary a great value for the money hundreds of fans all around the world it's the starting strength gyms podcast with your host ray gillenwater Welcome back to my friend Ina Koppel. We were just talking about a bunch of nonsense that's uh, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: not interesting to you guys, so we'll just start the podcast here. Um, Yeah, don't tell. (laughs) Ina wanted to come on the podcast to talk about the apprenticeship and whether or not it might be right for you. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, if you haven't been paying attention, Starting Strength Gyms is growing, and we have 17 open now. We've got... uh, I don't know, 15 or so pending construction. Um, And we have more leads coming in to buy franchises than we've ever had before. So this thing's working really well. Um, I'm very happy with the the way the model has fleshed out. You know, we've tested everything in terms of the types of people we're looking for to own these gyms. Most recently, we've been getting a whole bunch of people that are most motivated by... Uh, our values, they feel like their values align with ours, which is good, because that's the thing we look for the most in a franchise prospect. When it comes to the places where we put these gyms, we've got data on what places work better than others. We uh, have a pretty clear view of what is likely to work in terms of a market in the US and what is not. Um, And then in terms of where to put the gyms inside these markets, We've got a very good view on that as well and a bunch of different tests that we performed and we, we know what works. So the model is great, just in terms of the way we've set up where to put the gyms and who should run these gyms. And the actual business model itself, which was you know, quite risky to play with in the early days, um, has worked very well. We're essentially, we're telling people, look, this is training, so you've got to show up three days a week. To train, you ought to have a coach to overlook your technique and to manage your programming, and to do that, we need to pay someone really well and reserve a time slot for you in the gym to show up and get coaching. Mm-hmm. So we did all we- that, and um, in order to do it correctly, to pay the coaches what they would need to earn, in order to attract the right quality of people, we ended up charging a pretty, pretty reasonable amount of money. You know, um, it's expensive. Our gyms are not cheap, so. Our most expensive gym is $455 a month, which is $35 Mm -hmm. per session. Um, Mm -hmm. And the reason for that primarily is because we are the one fitness brand that invests in its people, that understands that if you want a high-quality experience, if you want people to see results, you can't have a college kid making $15 an hour that's incentivized to sell memberships. Instead, what you need is is an engineer of human health mm-hmm. and performance, as Ripeteau says, <clears throat> someone that's trained in this model, mm-hmm. knows how to apply it to anyone, and is compensated like an engineer, like a professional. So that's the, that's the risk that we took. We said, okay, mm-hmm. fitness industry, we know that your model is cram as many members into a session as possible, and pay the person running the session as little as possible, and we're doing the opposite of that. We're quality over quantity. And that has worked out really well, too. The, uh, the people that have been attracted to these gyms genuinely care about others. That's the thing that sets our coaches apart the most, I think, from the rest of the industry, other than the fact that our coaches know how to deliver results to every single person that is consistent in their training. So in terms of coaching, that is actually our primary bottleneck. We will grow as slowly as we need to grow to ensure that the quality of the coaching does not decline. We will not compromise on the quality of the coaching in the gyms. I don't care if we stop growing at 32 gyms. That's not gonna happen because each of these gyms produces two SSEs per year, so we have a built-in kind of growth strategy in terms of coach development. But what we will never do is do what the rest of the industry does which is compromise on quality, attempt to reduce costs, um, lower the standard, and, and do all that in order to make more money. Making money is important, but this is a valuable brand, and this brand has a whole bunch of authority attached to it that's been built by the work from Mark Ripiteau, the Asgard company, and we are essentially bringing, as Ina said in the past, the blue book to life in these gyms. So we're only willing to do that in a way that properly reflects our quality standards, and we will not compromise on that. So with that in mind, if you are a coach, if you are an aspiring coach, and working in one of these, these gyms is interesting to you, then uh, listen to this episode. Ina's got some information for you. So Ina, who is the apprenticeship program for?
1: Um, so as I'm listening to you describe um, the true value of these gyms, I mean, I never had a doubt that these gyms would be in high demand um, because anyone who's done starting strength knows exactly the value of of the method. And so anyone who walks into a starting strength gym is going to understand its value as soon as they do their intro session with a coach. Um, The people who are just discovering starting strength for the first time who are personal trainers, um, strength and conditioning coaches, or... uh, people who are just enthusiastic about lifters. I think that they're just only discovering, you know, not just its value, but the fact that you can have a career, a real career um, and become an expert doing something that you love that has recently made an impact on your life. So if you're somebody who started using the starting strength method, and then as soon as you discovered the strength gains you were making, and maybe it helped Uh, rehab you from um, injuries, maybe you found the value because you've made gains you've never made before, or maybe you started coaching your mother or grandmother and realized that you can make a great impact on her life. So if you're somebody who's been impacted by this directly, you should also know that you can have a career doing the thing that you love. And I think that's been the biggest surprise to, to the candidates that I speak with is they don't really understand what a great opportunity this is because they're so stuck in that old fitness industry, like you said, um, that's really geared around just volume, right? And there's no real coaching. I mean, I used to be a personal trainer. And if someone called me coach, I didn't really earn that right. I was really more of a trainer um, because I didn't have a model against which to reference movement or even programming models, right? So I was doing my best to entertain, to motivate. Uh, It's hard to motivate your clients to keep coming in once they hit a wall. Um, And I was building myself a future in it. And I was really relying on my ability to entertain and motivate and really nurture, but I didn't have a true skill. And I think most of the candidates I speak with now are surprised that you can have a career equal to anything else that you were promised, maybe in college. In fact, really a lot quicker Uh, to that path. And so the candidate who is, I would say that if you're lifting now and you're using the starting strength method and you're starting to coach your family or your loved ones and you want to you feel passionate about sharing this with other people, if if all you can do is think about this thing, if you're obsessed with it enough, to read all about it, to come back to our podcast, to go through all the archives, to start coaching your family. And and if it makes you feel good to help them and you feel rewarded by the fact that now the movement patterns that you're teaching are actually working, even though you're just going off the books, like if this is all you can think about and you just want to tell people about it, then it's time to apply for the apprenticeship. Because- People don't realize there is a true career around here. And when I talk to them about how the gyms collaborate together to help um, grow and develop each other's apprentices, they all say the same thing to me, like, wow, they don't compete with each other. You know, it's kind of a new thing that gyms don't compete with each other. Where is that ever? Right. Where, Where is where have you ever heard that? And I tell them, no, you know, our facilities help to develop uh, each other's coaches. In fact, until a gym gets open, you might be. Uh, stationed at one of our facilities that's currently running and does coach development. So people should know that there's a direct career path. There's never been a better time to become a starting strength coach than now for two reasons. Number one, we have a streamlined education process. When I was trying to become a coach and you were trying to become a coach, we had to be self-taught. Now we have the uh, prep course with mentors helping to, you know, get you through the modules and preparing you for the evaluation, and then you've got the gyms where you can go hands-on for the apprenticeship. The people don't really realize that you can have a real direct career path here. And I would say that if you're somebody who's becoming totally enthralled with the results you're getting from starting strength, and you've started coaching your family, and you love the way it feels to help people get better, and you can't stop talking about this thing, then then this is the right move for you.
0: Yep. You know, let's talk about, uh, the sentence you mentioned, which is, I can now do this as a career, which is an Mm. an interesting, an interesting concept to think about. Mm -hmm. When I became a starting strength coach, I did so because I, I didn't do it to make money. I did it because I thought it was so valuable to my health and my life that I wanted to share it with my friends and family. And I didn't want to share it with my friends and family in a way that, uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So I don't want to hurt anybody. Um, I've unfortunately made that mistake as a, as a growing coach. Um, nothing major, but, uh, you know, trial and error. <clears throat> I want to I want to have the confidence that I can bring this to other people in a way that makes sense. And at the time before the franchise was around, if you were a certified starting strength coach, you essentially had to also be an entrepreneur if you wanted to monetize your credential. You had to run a sole proprietorship coaching practice, or you had to open a gym, or you had to work for someone else that was wise enough to let you do your thing and to pay you adequately for that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Which essentially Mm -hmm. meant that starting strength coaching was not available en masse. And that is essentially the function of the franchise company. The function of the franchise company answers the question, how do you make starting strength coaching more accessible to more people? And the answer to that question is you don't require people to do multiple jobs at once. You don't require someone to be a fantastic coach, to be a great entrepreneur, and to also have the risk profile associated with wanting to take an entrepreneurial risk. And so the franchise company has designed the career for the starting strength coach in a way that enables them to do the thing that they love to do most. And that's it, that's it. So if you are running the evening sessions, you show up to work at 4.15 p.m., you're there for four and a half hours, three group training sessions, and you do that five days a week.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that's your job, Um, Mm -hmm. there's no homework, there's very little computer work. Now granted, keep in mind I'm talking about the job as it was designed. We are a franchise company so every franchise owner has the ability to define these jobs slightly differently. Some Mm -hmm. people require for example that their head coach um, does do computer work and some operational work and scheduling Mm -hmm. and this type of thing. And they'll be (coughs) compensated for that. Yeah, the bulk Mm -hmm. of your job is to do what you do best, is to do the thing that you got into this to do which is to work directly with other people to help them get better and to gain the satisfaction of not only successfully getting someone to move in line with the model better in that session, but also the satisfaction of watching their demonstrably true measurable progress over the course of the weeks, months and years that you get to oversee their progress. Mm -hmm. So, um, An example of that, Ina, is we just did our first John Conti produced case study. So Mm -hmm. John Conti is the cinematographer, he's been on the podcast, he's local here to Idaho. Really talented guy. If you wanna see some, uh, his latest trip to Nepal, he did a video on that, check it out. He's been editing our videos now for a while. He's been shooting some of our videos. I just uh, rode along with him as his second camera and we did our first case study together where it's going to be the first one that we release that's fully shot, produced, and edited by John Conti. And I mention this because the case study is just an example of what a starting strength coach can do, what a coach can do at one of these gyms. Mm -hmm. It's a couple named Terry and Heather, and you're gonna see them on the channel once that video is done. So Terry was a 400-pound guy. Got a gastric bypass, sedentary, never lifted weights, um, never really did any exercise, diet was atrocious. He decided to get into starting strength because it dawned on him that in his 50s, he is playing with fire with that sort of a lifestyle. He started doing the program, weak, detrained, obviously, as you might expect. He's now pulling in the mid 400s. He looks great. He has muscular arms his cholesterol numbers went down, his years of back pain um, are gone from his SI joint issues, and his blood sugar is now fully under control. Mm -hmm. So he goes three days a week religiously. He does not miss a training session. Mm -hmm. His wife, Heather, whom he had purchased his dream house with was skeptical about the program after watching him get all this success and all this progress over the course of a few months, she decided to join, but she was worried because she had an issue with her knee and the issue with her knee was so severe that she was hardly able to get up the stairs in her dream house. And so Terry and Heather were considering selling their dream house because of this knee issue. And she went to the doctor. She tried several, several different doctors. They didn't want to operate. They said, when you can't sleep, come back and we'll, we'll fix it. It's like, well you know i can sleep but i can't i can't function yeah. so she comes into the gym at starting strength boise nice shirt by the way you know she uh, starts working with our coaches <clears throat> she experiences more pain than she's had in her knee after her first few sessions and she's thinking about quitting so we don't try to tell people what to do we just give people options and the coaches there laid out her options and suggested that hey why don't you give this a few more weeks and just see what happens. Um, you're already in a pretty bad situation. Give it a couple of weeks. Let's see if we can reduce the pain you're feeling after training with your knee by making some modifications and let's see what happens. Fast forward till now, we got video in that case study of her walking up and down the stairs in her house. They're not going to sell her home. She's relatively pain-free and is much healthier and has a... You cannot argue that her quality of life is drastically improved based on what we've done for her. So Ina, not only do the people you're talking to potentially not understand that this is a career, but they might not also understand that this this has nothing to do with the rest of the fitness industry. Mm -hmm. We have a program that can provide results that no other program in the industry can provide. And a coach in one of our gyms is expert at understanding and delivering that program to members of all shapes, sizes, sexes, ages, you name it. And it works every single time. Every mm-hmm. single time it's applied correctly and the coach mm-hmm. is there to apply it correctly. So yeah, you can do this as a career now, Ina. And um, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Uh, we've tried to make it as kind of foolproof as possible, right? It's like, what's the worst thing you could do to a talented employee? Like we see this all the time in corporate land you get a talented engineer, the talented engineer kicks ass, has the output of eight engineers, is really bright. Mm-hmm. So what do you do to this person? You make him a manager. And then he's not doing engineering anymore and he's supposed to oversee right. engineers. Well, he doesn't like yeah. being a manager. He likes being an engineer, right? Yeah. So starting strength coaches are engineers and the best thing you can do to a true engineer is allow them to engineer. And mm-hmm. that's why we've designed the jobs in this way. And. You know, I've, I've interviewed several people. I just interviewed Michael Jones, um, mm-hmm. Jordan Burnett, two of uh, mm-hmm. Brent Carter's guys in Dallas and Plano. And those interviews will come out before this one will on the podcast, but these guys are in love with their work. They absolutely mm-hmm. love their jobs. This is their passion. This is They both expressed to me unprompted that this is their dream job. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not... Uh, counting reps at gold's gym or 24 hour fitness. This is, (laughs) this has nothing to do with that. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think you're spot on. Um, you know, I want to move on to talk about the value of apprenticeship, but feel free to respond to anything I mentioned there.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that the word career was something that wasn't used. Um, when we were all trying to become personal trainers, it was really more of a job and you were on your own. And thanks to this apprenticeship and the support that our candidates receive at the gyms and the continuing education that they receive, I mean, even from Mark Ruppetot them, you know, himself when we're at the conference, the investment we make in our future coaches allows them to really build a career that isn't just um that doesn't end when they become a coach. You know, the doors sort of open at that point. And the apprenticeship is what makes the difference because People have really good intentions and they want to do this job and they want to do this thing, but it's very difficult when you're self-taught. And the apprenticeship opens the doors for them where you know all they have to do is show up, participate, and want to do this and follow the steps. And we've already thought out the process for them. The hard part about learning to become a starting strength coach for me was that I had nobody to follow. I didn't have anyone that was invested in my career outside of you know coming to starting strength seminars and I had to be self-taught. I didn't have anyone I could watch. Um, now, <laughs> you know, you, you come into the apprenticeship, you're received by a head coach who's already been through this process. You have somebody who's there to mentor you not only on the gym floor, but also to make sure that the work you're doing in the prep course, it's being reinforced on the gym floor. The apprenticeship is is incredible. It's teaching you the trade From day one you know you're not following people around and serving coffee and just cleaning right they're having you jump right in and start applying cues and trying to get you know people to move according to the model while giving you timely feedback right there on the spot so somebody that's already been through the process is teaching this trade to you to give you this skill so you could unlock the door to your career And I say that because I speak with many candidates and I let them know that once you become a coach, that's not where it ends. That's just where it begins. Many of our coaches go on to be head coaches. Some of them like to specialize in working with older people. Some of them specialize and want to become a head coach because they like running operations and maybe they want to take on more responsibility. They like doing coach development. They like to raise other apprentices. You could start to build your career from there based on where your interests lie. Some become gym owners. So it truly is a career path. And it starts with this apprenticeship where we teach you the trade of applying this model to people so that you can get people healthier and you can have this meaningful work that you do that isn't cut off. You don't have this abbreviated career path where, well, you don't have a model, you, you don't have any true skills, right? It's just sort of you guessing. And after a while you've helped people and they love their trainers, but after a while you're doing the same thing with them over and over. And then after a while, they're just with you because they're taking care of you. Well, yeah, is it a career really or a dead
0: end job? Right?
1: It's yeah, it's huh. a dead end job. Yeah. And the apprenticeship here really distinguishes our uh, certification from all others. I can't even say that it's a certification. There's this—it's not—it's not comparable to anything else. You will be building. your on top of all of your skills. You'll have a true trade. You'll be a specialist in this. And when you start to make health impacts in people's lives you're just as valuable to them as their medical professionals are. And I think that's what personal trainers and people who are interested in coaching really want to feel, they want to feel validated. Like they, you know, that their intention is matched with their skill. And that's really what we give them. We give them those tools through that apprenticeship.
0: Yep. Speaking of apprenticeship, you um, also mentioned something during your initial uh, opening bit about the, uh, Equal to what you were promised in college is a sentence that you used. Let's talk yeah. about let's talk about college. Let's talk about learning. Yeah. Something that's dawned on me is that our education system leaves out extraordinarily important pieces of knowledge acquisition. To acquire knowledge, you must have practical experience and theoretical understanding. If you just have theoretical understanding your ability to perform tasks in a role is extraordinarily limited. You could go to school for, for a decade mm-hmm. and learn a thing and not be able to do the thing. Let me give you a couple of examples. I just became an EMT. I'm a nationally registered EMT. I, I can get a job in Idaho and I can get, be put on the back of an ambulance.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've never performed CPR. I've never administered oxygen to a real person. Um, Mm -hmm. I've never provided suction to a real person. I've never used an occlusive bandage. These are all things I have a theoretical understanding of, but the way the national certification is designed Mm -hmm. is not to provide me with practical experience. I've got to get the practical experience on the job. I only have a theoretical understanding, which means I don't actually know anything. I have an impression of things. There's a difference in terms of Mm -hmm. knowledge. Mm -hmm. Do you know it? or do you have an impression of it? The mm-hmm. same thing applies to business. I went to ad school. It took me nine years of night school to get a four-year degree. It was grueling. I did it because I felt that I had to. Growing up in my era, if you didn't go to college, you were just viewed as a negligent fool. The college degree mm-hmm. was a path to a good income and a good life, and the statistics bore that out. That, that, that was true on average. But then when I got into my career, I learned more in the equivalent time of a semester on my at my job than I learned in my entire college career because I was actually doing I had my hands on things I had people showing me actual practitioners not theorists not failed practitioners like we often see in college classrooms so that's just the tip of the iceberg. We could talk all day about the, the issues with college, and I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that you don't yeah. go to college. College certainly has its value, especially if you're going into a, a valuable yeah. role and acquiring a valuable skill set and knowledge base. Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanna become a lawyer, you should go to college. If you wanna yeah. become a physicist, you should mm-hmm. go to college. Um, mm-hmm. If you wanna help people live better lives, be stronger, be healthier, be more capable, you should not go to college. You might wanna to go to college to acquire some knowledge um, that you'll need practically, but you can also acquire that knowledge much more efficiently elsewhere in, in the current mm-hmm. age of uh, everything being available online. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the apprenticeship model is, uh, is very smart. My learning process to become a starting strength coach probably would have taken mm-hmm. 25% of the time with which mm-hmm. m- with much less heartache and errors mm-hmm. had i had a professional looking over my shoulder while i was developing mm-hmm. you know and, and for people that uh, that aren't seeing the point that i'm illustrating imagine if you want to learn how to become a boxer or a jiu jitsu practitioner are you better off being in a gym and being taught by someone that already does it and knows how to teach it or are you better off just trying to figure things out on your own reading books and watching videos Absolutely the former category in every situation, no exceptions. Mm -hmm. So this is what we do. An apprentice is basically a coach for an aspiring coach. Mm -hmm. And a coach is someone that helps other people get stronger. So this this whole model, our entire business is built upon the idea that learning is accelerated when you have a professional helping you. And Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, just as a quick tangent, what I've learned from starting strength is if there's something worth learning in my life, it's worth hiring someone, because my, my time is valuable. Mm-hmm. There's way more yeah. time, there, there are way more things to do than time in the day. That's just the reality of adulthood, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: if I'm gonna take the time to learn a new hobby, whether I'm learning how to make music, whether I'm learning how to edit photos, learning how to shoot video, learning how to practice jiu-jitsu, whatever, whatever the thing might be, I'm absolutely hiring a professional because although I'm paying more for it up front, my time is valuable and the overall investment in terms of time and money over the short, medium, and long term is less when I accelerate my learning and hire a professional to help me. And that concept applies to you as an aspiring coach and it, it also applies to you as a strength trainee. Mm.
1: And, and you know, um, I, I speak to students who have just come out of college and they say to me, um, I'm like, what did you go to school for? And they say like, I don't know. I was just kind of like killing time. I didn't really, none of the things that they offered for majors um, really appealed to me. And then I had to take a bunch of classes I didn't want to take because I just had to finish up. And now I don't even know what I'm going to do for work. And, and then they followed up by saying, I had no idea that I could actually have a job. As a coach, I would have never done this. You know, people don't realize they really just people just don't know what we do and what we offer. And I think as the gyms grow, um, that will go away. But uh, oftentimes people will say, "I didn't know I could actually build a life for myself doing this thing, coaching." But I see, you know, from all the content you guys are producing, but they're basically hanging out in college, just trying to get through it. Uh, trying to get through the classes, taking what they can to graduate. You know, and it's like, if you don't check these boxes, then, you know, that's not really, you know, you don't have anything to do here. Like you have to choose one of these jobs that we offer school for, right? And, and then they go out into the world and then they wind up taking a shitty job they're not interested in and they're miserable because they didn't know that this thing they love to do, which is lifting, could actually be a real career for them and support them and their families. And, and now I'm speaking to veterans who, uh, you know, because they're able to apply their GI Bill benefits uh, towards the apprenticeship, um, they're coming out of the military saying, you know, I don't want any of the following things that people are pitching to me. But I, I used to love training, you know, my friends uh, when I was in the army, I loved lifting. You know, is that something I could really come out and do? You know, and, and, and I think that's where we're at now is that We have to let more people know that this isn't a personal training gig. This isn't a job that you have to come in, check off and do. We're going to teach you the skill. You're going to be working like a trade professional. And then as soon as you get your SSE, that's really where the doors open. And then you can be creative with the things that interest you within our system. And you can grow. People don't realize that becoming a starting strength coach is not like being a personal trainer. It is nothing like it. This is a career path. And if you love lifting and you love helping other people learn how to do this, um, and maybe you think Rip is funny, you know, then this is really uh, the right move for you and you should explore it. So yep. veterans are very excited to, to get into this. And and I think they really enjoy that the process is laid out for them as well. A lot of people um, who I speak to, and, and and it's anyone, not just veterans, appreciate that there's An organized system. You know, they asked me questions. They said they're not used to getting answers to when they call random certifications or gyms that are hiring personal trainers. It's like, if I start on day one here, what do I need to do exactly to get here? And so we have that laid out, right? This isn't vague. And the apprenticeship just reinforces that. And they really, they really are taken to that. Because people want to plan for their life, right? They want to know, when will I be earning such and such amount? Mm-hmm. When will I be successful? When will I be able to pay for me and my wife to buy a house, mm-hmm. right? How does this job scale? And so I'm not telling them like, hey, it's up to you. Good luck. Get your own trainees, right? It's not like that at all. And when they, when they learn about how different we are, I think that's when they really start to take it more seriously because most people, when when you're a kid and you tell your mom, like, I want to be a personal trainer, your mom's right to tell you, what are you, crazy? You can't live off of that because mom knows inherently (laughs) it's a big pool and the competition's too big. You're not going to be able to stand out. But with the gyms opening all over the country, I mean, we're hiring. We're hiring exactly for you. So if you love to do this thing, we've got the path through the apprenticeship.
0: You know, let me offer some uh, career advice. And I just want to wanna talk about why I'm qualified to offer you career advice. So mm-hmm. um, I started working when I was 10. I uh, got my first retail job at 15. I became the manager mm-hmm. there. I got my first job at a big corporation at 19. I started at uh, $10.50 an hour. Within three years, I was making 90K. I then jumped over to BlackBerry, started 105K, within five years, I was making 500K. Um, so I know about career progression to the extent that I used to give training to consultants through the gerson Lehrman Group. They would offer training to McKinsey professionals and, and um, Deloitte, people that worked to these consultancies across the world. And... One of the things that I communicated in those training sessions to those consultants looking to advance their career is as follows. It's the same advice I'm giving to you. Follow the conventional wisdom at your own peril. Follow the conventional wisdom at your own peril. When you follow conventional wisdom, you're outsourcing your thinking to to what? Your impression of what others have told you based on their impression of things? Your career is how you're going to, to fuel your life for the rest of your life. The money you earn in your career is your lifeblood. It's okay to, to not be solely motivated by money. That's probably preferred, but you can't ignore money. Not if you live mm-hmm. in reality. Money is mm-hmm. value. Money is the thing that, that gets you what you want in terms of lifestyle, housing, education, transportation, and all the, everything else in between. Uh, ability to afford a coach, adequate nutrition, all these things. So, earning money is is critical. And if you follow the conventional wisdom, what about the people that I grew up with that are my age, that followed the conventional wisdom but didn't do any further thinking? So, okay, mom says I got to go go to college. All right, I went to college. Can't afford college. Took out a loan. Okay, shit. I'm one hundred twenty thousand dollars in debt. Uh oh. No job. I signed on to a loan that I can't get out of. I cannot file for bankruptcy and get out from underneath this loan. Oh shit, the interest is compounding. I can't afford to pay it off. Oh, look at this now. If I get a job where my income is over X, they're gonna garnish my wages and force me to pay off this loan to the extent that I can't afford it. These are all people that let things happen to them. These are not people that were diligent and thoughtful about how they were investing their time and money, and they bet their future earnings potential on an education that they weren't sure was going to return them any value. Mm-hmm. So don't follow the conventional wisdom. Be very cautious and discerning in your in your decision-making here. And this may not be the right career for you, but if it is, I encourage you to do all of your diligence. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to talk to Mark Diffley at Starting Strength Austin, an engineer, a black belt in jiu-jitsu, a former firefighter, as to why he's involved in this and how he's doing in terms of you know his financial health, um, talk to guys like Jared Nestland, you know, some of the, one of the highest paid coaches in the system, um, Mm -hmm. speak to people that have gone through the process and see if this is what actually makes sense for you. You can contact these people on Instagram. You can get a hold of them through Ina. Um, Mm -hmm. but Ina ranting aside, I want to talk about pay. So our most, I believe our highest paid coach in the system at the moment makes $55 an hour. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Full-time, 40 hours a week, 50 weeks a year, so including two weeks off, that equals $110,000 a year. But our mm-hmm. coaches typically don't work 40 hours a week. They typically work low 30s. So it depends on the gym. So let's just cut mm-hmm. off 20%. Mm-hmm. What's 110 k minus 20%? Let's say that's $88,000. Know, $88,000
1: mm-hmm.
0: $88, a year for, for a crazy. non-full-time job is our highest-paid coach. Granted, crazy. you might make half that Right? like I know of a 23-year-old who does not have leadership experience, um, and this is for a head coach, right? So I know of an acting head coach who's young, doesn't have leadership experience, has never developed other coaches. He's, he's an acting head coach because he needs to level up before he can become a full head coach. Mm-hmm. He, he might be making half that, but he's 23, making 44K? Um, yeah. And we're... Where else can you I mean he lives in Idaho too. so
1: <laughs> where else are
0: you going to make that kind of cash in Idaho? And that's not including the money that you get from online coaching. So online coaching mm-hmm. it's 225 a month. Most gyms pay their coaches on average, let's say 135, maybe 150. We'll just say 135 on the low end. So if you get 10 online coaching clients and that's conservative, you can get you can certainly get more than that. That's $13,500 a year, which is over $1,000 a month. And if you're making the 55K, um, that just bumped you over $100,000. Mm-hmm.
1: So and let's not forget training camps.
0: There, there, there are multiple ways you can earn money through this business. Mm-hmm. But one way you can't earn money through this business is by peddling memberships. Mm-hmm. Because that's not the behavior that we want. The behavior that we want is for you as a highly paid engineer is to objectively and caringly communicate your skills to the lifter in a way that enables them to get better and th- th- this is the type of personality we're looking for so yeah the reason why ina and i wanted to come on and talk to you all today is because as ina mentioned this is not well known we're we're doing something all new here so we thought we'd go into explicit detail about how this whole process works why the apprenticeship is valuable what you might want to what you might be able to earn um, you know, feel free to respond to any of that. And then I wanted to talk to you about who our target our target audiences are when it comes to the types of people we're looking for to become coaches at these gyms.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, w- when you were laying out the, um, the income, I was thinking, you know, when I introduce candidates who are on the path to become coaches um, to gym owners, a lot of time, you know, we have to match the gym owner and his goals and his vision for his or her gym with what the vision is of the coach and what the coach needs. So the way that we match candidates is, you know, the goals of the coach and and the vision of the owners. And so you can negotiate with these owners, right? You can ask to, you know, find out where, what's my growth potential in your organization, in your gym, right? What are your future plans for future locations? And there's so much growth potential there. You can negotiate equity um, in the business. There's so much potential. And I think that it's very difficult for people who are used to the standard fitness industry to even envision that there's so much potential um, that they disregard even applying for the job because they, they don't understand that this is about growing two dreams together, the one of the coach and the one of the gym owner who wants to bring this to their community. And they very much rely on the professional coach to help them make that vision happen. And they're also there to help the coach develop their career. They're equally as invested in growing their team and they want to help people succeed that are on their team. That's part of what attracts them um, to this franchise business, is that yes, we are building out facilities so that more people can access starting strength, but equally as much, we're helping to develop careers for people who are critical thinkers, who have similar values to us, who are invested in making their communities healthier, who find that this is they're driven uh, to do this job out of the passion for making people better. And so these gym owners are, are really cool team members with you. This isn't just you're going to work for a gym. You don't have anything to do with the gym owner. You know, you guys will meet, you'll talk, you'll collaborate, and you'll see if this is a match for you. So this is a whole lot bigger than just um, how much am I getting per hour? It's, you know, I'm entrusting myself here. I promise to get this work done. Where is my potential for growth?
0: There's no doubt job. about it. So if, if uh, just to respond to your point about negotiation, Ina, if you are, there's two ways to negotiate. One way to negotiate is is me, 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 me. If Thank you me. come in me, 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 I, I hope the gym owner turns you away. So what I mean by that is you go, hey, so um, this is what I think I'm worth. I want to make X and, th- and these are the things that I want. It's like, oh, okay. Um, did you not see in the job description that we're looking for people that care about others? So do you care about me? <laughs> what about me? Right, because um, the gym owner is the one taking the risk. The gym owner is the one putting a couple hundred grand on the line. The gym owner is the one not making a dime for who knows how long. Um, mm-hmm. So, the the right way to negotiate isn't even a negotiation. It's a consultation. It's trying to understand what are the gym owner's needs. What 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 is their financial situation? How much money is in the budget for coaching? Where do I fit into that? Now. That's step one. At step one, does that match what I want? If so, great. If it's not enough and I want more, the question is, Mr. Gym Owner or Mrs. Gym Owner, what do I need to provide to you? How can, to what level do I need to help you grow your business so that I can get to the next level in my income? You see the difference? So when it comes to career negotiation, never be the person in the former category. No one wants to deal with the selfish child always be the person in the second category that cares about the person on the other side of the negotiation and is trying to figure out how do we make this work for both of us not just how do I capture as much value as possible for myself
1: Mm -hmm. Um, the gym owner is investing in in the coach tremendously and uh, you asked me who I think you know our target audience is who should be applying to this I think what's very important is that during the initial phase of the apprenticeship you have to have some way to support yourself because you can't have the stress of, um, you know, you're not, you're not going to earn the income that you will once you become a coach. So during the beginnings of the apprenticeship, you have to have a way to support yourself, whether that's a remote job or a job that allows you to be part-time because you have to have enough hours on the gym floor to follow and to learn. And you have to have a way of supporting yourself until you can start to earn income through your coaching. And a lot of the gyms will be paying you before you even get your SSC because we have positions available for coaches that are in the process of becoming starting strength coaches and are maybe ready to test out on the platform or can demonstrate that they can run groups. So you have to have a way to support yourself that also allows you time to study and to attend your apprenticeship at the gym and also for you to train yourself. You have to be able to do the program and to continue with your training so that you can continue learning, You know. M- deeper what the model is as you apply it to yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, so you have to have a way to support yourself while you're in the learning phase that doesn't interfere with, um, the time that you'll spend apprenticing on the gym floor, or maybe the time you need to study. So that's something to keep in mind initially.
0: And one of those things, by the way, Ina could be talking to the gym owner about, Hey, what problems do you have? How can I help you in a way where I can um, supplement my income while I'm gaining the education? Because there's two sides of the development process. There's the side where all of the value is being derived by the apprentice, and there's no value being derived by the gym. In fact, it's an expense to have that extra person in the room and to help them. So the question is, how can you, as quickly as possible, move into a situation where you're providing value? And you can do that as an apprentice coach as if you learn quickly and are, are dedicated and you, you agree on a plan with the gym owner. But you can also do that in an operational sense. Maybe you like running social media. Maybe you've got a marketing background and you can send email newsletters. Maybe you've got a sales background, uh, consultative selling, because we don't do that, that hard-selling bullshit at our gyms. And you want to be mm-hmm. the person that answers all the calls and follows up with all the leads. Maybe you are um, extremely likable and yeah. you're the best person to be at the open houses. Maybe you've mm-hmm. got an uncle who owns uh, uh, retirement facilities, and you can go around the local retirement facilities and present and um, get elderly people that need help into the gym to make them stronger. Just be creative. The, the mm-hmm. a gym owner is a new entrepreneur that has lots of problems to solve, and if you're a talented, hardworking, motivated person, you can potentially supplement your income even during the early learning stages of sure. your apprenticeship
1: mm-hmm it's you know you know, I think about people who, you know I speak to candidates who are, you could tell right away, are self-motivated and they and they recognize the value of this opportunity and they just can't wait to jump in because they're like, yes, yes, yes. I totally get this. This is what I've been looking for. I can't wait self-motivated, um, I would say confident, somebody who just needs to be taught these skills and then they know how to take the ball and run with it. Um, so those types of people um, who understand as, how to work as part of a team, um, I think that this appeals to them. They've just been waiting for this opportunity. And and they also like to have um, a team to kind of lean on. Um, and certainly our franchise team and and the gym owners and their own coaching staff inside the gyms. You know, there's a lot of teamwork involved in this, and they appreciate having that to lean to lean on while they're learning, but they can't wait to be part of that kind of team so that they can help someone else. I think if you're a natural leader and you like to help other people succeed, you know, you'll be mentoring apprentices. So as soon as the the apprentice steps up to the next level, they'll be assigned an apprentice because we believe that teaching someone else is the best way to learn. Mm. And I think if you're that kind of person who likes to teach, you like to teach other people, not just your clients on how to lift, but other, uh, future coaches, and this is a great opportunity to be that kind of teacher. So I think that the the ability to teach and mentor, if that's something that delivers, you know, brings you value, then this is a great opportunity, um, to kind of exercise that in your role. Mm -hmm. So, um, mentors, you know, we're Mm -hmm. looking for mentors. We're looking for people who want to equip themselves uh, with information and pass it along to others it's people who are looking for a mission to get behind um i know i was you know when i found starting strength i knew exactly that i found it i didn't know exactly what it was but when i heard rip lecture uh, and he opened a seminar on why strength i thought oh shit hmm. i found it like, uh-huh. because i was very i was very passionate about changing the world yeah. um and certainly my small world my community and i was excited about the fact that I can make an impact on a lot of different things in my life, not just my family, not just, you know, maybe my clients, but also future coaches. I, I loved giving people work. Mm. I loved helping people build careers. And so you have that opportunity as a starting strength coach at our gyms. Yep. And if you're the type of person that wants to do that, and you came out of a leadership position and you're looking forward to being back there because you want to be part of this mission. Uh, this is a great, position to be applying for, to satisfy that.
0: Yeah. You know, from my point of view, I'm going to mention three different categories of people that I think are a good fit for this. And I I love your feedback. Mm -hmm. So let me go through all three and then give me your response. The first one, as you've mentioned, are personal trainers. Mm
1: -hmm. We
0: want the best personal trainers. You know, if you're the, the, the coaching skill is not what we're hiring for. The coaching skill can be taught. Mm -hmm. The will, the desire the desire and the willingness and the capability to interact in a positive way with other people, to motivate Mm -hmm. them, to make them feel good, to make them be consistent, to make them want to refer their friends. That personal connection is the thing we're hiring for and the skill can be taught. So a personal trainer that's uh, top of the game, top of their game, that wants to transition over and make better money and and have a better impact on, on their trainees' lives, I think is a good fit. The second group of people are the veterans. You talked about leadership. You learn about leadership in the military, don't you? Um, It's all about efficiency. Um, It's all about taking command. It's all about personal responsibility and ownership. It's all about hard work. So the top vets are also a great fit for our program, especially since you can now use your GI Bill benefits to, to supplement your income, to get paid by the government to pursue a career at a starting strength gym. And we're also, we're, John Miller is, is seeking approval in the Skill Bridge program, so that transitioning uh, active duty military folks can use their last several months of active duty to work in one of these gyms and get paid by the government to build their career as a starting strength coach. And then the third category I think is, uh, maybe not expected, but I'm going to call it the corporate burnout or, or whomever is in a job that is not what they envisioned. They're showing up. They're not. So here are my criteria for, for a great place to work, right? You get to work with people you enjoy. You get to do work that you uh, care about something that's important and you get to genuinely make other people's lives better. If you can do all those three things and earn a living, Mm -hmm. it's going to be pretty difficult to be dissatisfied on the job. But if you think about those criteria and you match them to what you're doing now and you're wondering why it's hard to get out of the bed, get out of bed to get behind the wheel in the morning or get on that damn Zoom call in the morning, that looking at it in those terms might illuminate the answer for you. And so we like the corporate burnout types because going from drone work that's unmotivating with no recognition to walking in the gym as the person where everybody is seeking information from and is very grateful to, what a change in your day-to-day existence and the level of energy and excitement and fulfillment and happiness that you get out of your work. You know, In fact, there's no, there's no ceiling on the seniority of the person that might fit in this category. We had a, a former chief legal officer at Verizon <laughs> wanting to become a coach at Starting Strength Austin before the pandemic. Um, retirees, you know, um, we've had a lot of people transition from the healthcare field because of, uh, the abysmal nature of working in that industry at the moment. We've had people transition from Mm -hmm. education because of how terrible it is to be a teacher in a lot of ways at the moment. I'm not saying, you know, I, I, I I definitely want good people in both fields, but I'm just reflecting what's actually happening on the ground. So, you know, that's my view on what I think are kind of the three, most important categories or audiences of people that are interested in these jobs. I'm just curious what your point of view is.
1: Yeah, you know, the one thing that I think they all have in common that we haven't mentioned that they benefit from tremendously is that because we require our coaches and our gym owners to do the program and to experience the effect of the novice linear progression, it changes them as people. And because this job requires you to continue training we are invested in your well-being their energy level stays up their positivity level stays up they're not beat up right their their own personal training is as valuable to us as them showing up and doing this to someone else and what other job requires you to stay in shape and i don't mean like i used to stay in shape through aerobics i mean to stay you know to progress to get stronger people feel really good <laughs> that that's part of their job. Like, you know, a lot of personal trainers um, burn out because they're standing in the morning, they're standing in the evening, long hours. When are they getting their workout, right? What? How are they staying in shape? And then they, you know, feel lousy about themselves. It ruins the way they feel about coming in to do their job. Gosh, like in starting strength gym, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about John Frazier, who benefited tremendously, who's the owner of starting strength Chicago, Right. I'm thinking about people like David Heon, who's the owner of Starting Strength Tulsa as a surgeon. I mean, think of all these people who have busy lives, right? Who now are taking on the responsibility of opening up this franchise gym in their community and building their staff. But at the same time, they're able to do all of this and be enthusiastic about it because they're benefiting from it themselves. And I think that if these coaches are, in the best shape of their life, because they're doing a program that allows them uh, time for everything else, right? And it, and it brings them such tremendous value through their own physical well-being. Their perspective on their role is going to be 10 times, you know, more positive than it would be if you were just delivering the results to someone else. So the fact that we have this model built in to even their daily routine, and they themselves have to make time for their own training, I think that's really what produces the happiest employees. This is so different than when I was a personal trainer and you just worked yourself to death and maybe if you were lucky, you got to work out it. They feel good about themselves. They're benefiting just as much. And so they want to give that to other people. And it makes for an incredible work environment.
0: Yeah, the, the, uh, the head coaches that have training sessions with the coaching staff tend to be the happiest gyms with the most camaraderie. And uh, these mm-hmm. people have real friendships and real relationships with each other and with their members. And mm-hmm. we're social creatures. Good relationships is the key to, to a happy happy life. And a lot of people mm-hmm. just overlook that or don't expect that from their job, which is a shame because you probably spend more time with your coworkers than you do your spouse. You know, So I don't yeah. think it has to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, we should wrap up two more quick things. I just want to mention that uh, earlier you said that Coaches can potentially become gym owners, and that may be happening for the first time. Um, a former coach of Austin is interested in potentially opening a gym in Omaha. So we're, mm-hmm. we're going through that process at the moment. That'll be interesting to see what happens, but what a mm-hmm. what a cool story that would be. He's a vet too, by yeah. the way. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I wanted to ask you what people should do. So if they want to get in touch mm-hmm. with you and figure out if this is right for them, I know they can find you on Instagram. I know they can find you on uh, coach.ssgyms.com. Um, mm-hmm. What else is there that they, they need to know?
1: You know, I think that people should not second guess themselves. And, um, you know, you kind of don't know what you don't know, right? So leave the process to us. And if you have the will and the desire and you think that this might be for, for you, don't, don't, put off, don't wait, reach out to me. We'll have a regular conversation and and I'll give you some career advice. And if this is the right move for you, I'll let you know. And if not, I'll let you know what you can do until the move is right and the time is right for you. So I think that if you're semi even interested in this, but maybe you're not sure or you're insecure about it or whatever the reason is, if you're not sure if you can make a career out of this, I wanna help you get through that thinking and lay out the path forward and see if it's the right match for you. And you can reach me on LinkedIn. You can reach me on Instagram at startingstrengthgyms.com on the coaching page. But this is very personal for me. I'm very invested in helping people find work that's meaningful for them. And I'm very invested in starting strength and delivering this product to make our society healthier. So-
0: You know, what percentage of people contact you just to flirt with you?
1: Oh, they don't have the guts. (laughs) I might get some bicep shots and some ab <laughs> shots, but it's always disappointing because they're not that cute. They're a mess. They haven't done starting strength.
0: I have several people flirting with you through me. So what do I tell mm. these people? Just just uh, harass you and your Tell Instagram? them I need
1: coaches. Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. Tell them that I need, if they if they want to flirt with me, the way to flirt with me is to become a coach <laughs> at starting strength gym in Colorado Springs, Salt Lake City. I need coaches in Tulsa. I don't have time to process this shit.
0: You know, this is not this is not sustainable. So
1: they can find me everywhere if they have the guts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ina Koppel, thanks for your time. Thanks, Ray. All right, see ya.